Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hello and welcome to the Rest is Football question and answer episode with Micah Richards, Alan Shearer and me, Gary Lineker. Thanks once again for sending in your questions. Um, They're much appreciated. They're all coming in on the newsletter at present and um, we've got some um, beauties again uh, this week. Uh, We'll endeavour to answer as many as we possibly can. First question, Will McAvoy. I keep seeing Jolien Lescott on more and more punditry and think he's really impressive. Micah, you played with him. What's he like as a bloke? And you must know what really happened with his pocket tweeting. <laughs> now, I assume he's talking about the incident um, a few years ago. Didn't he put out a tweet of a kind of flash motor car after you got hammered when you were at Aston Villa together? I remember that. Oh <laughs> my God. What I mean. Okay. Let me, let me uh, take you back all the way back. So in the season, we're having a, a very tough time. We started with Tim Sherwood. It was at Aston Villa. And then we basically changed manager. We got Remy Gard and the team wasn't good enough. And we was getting pretty much battered every week. When there was reading out the names on the tonai before the game, like it would go number one, Brad Guzon, boo. Jolien Lescott, boo. Michael Richards, but there's booing all the players. So we're going out onto the pitch and we're thinking, oh my God, we're playing at home, but it's like we're playing away. It was incredible. <laughs> oh and some of it was justified. I'm not going to lie because we were tedious that season. So... We play Liverpool and we get absolutely spanked. 6 0. 6 0. I think I was at fault for about three of those goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you weren't the one doing the tweet. <laughs> so, anyway, me and Jolien travel. We was in Manchester. We'd stay in uh, Birmingham sometimes and we'd travel back to Manchester together where we was both living. And that tweet, I was actually in the car. You were with him? When Jolien sent that tweet. No. And the thing is about it, he was actually telling the truth about the tweet. How he described it was something ridiculous. I think it was something like, 
The picture of the car was totally accidental. It happened whilst driving and my phone was in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're reading that, it's he sent it from his pocket and he didn't know the tweet went out. But do you remember Twitter back in the day? So you remember the last picture in your, your photos? If you sort of would just go on Twitter and press a button, that picture would be on like, like you're about to send a tweet. It would be your first tweet. And how do you accidentally do that? As he's basically, it must've been, (laughs) (laughs) it's ridiculous. It must've been ready to send and he's put it in his pocket and he's accidentally sent the tweet. So now I'm going to explain what the, the, the tweet was about. So mm. Joel and Lescott had a, a car company and he used to give us all basically cars for good prices, like lease deals. And in the picture was a S63 coupe, all singing and dancing, top of the range. And it was offered them to, to the lads. And that's a picture that went out public to everything. So you're saying to us it was genuine in action. It, it was genuine. Yeah. So you know what it's like after a football game, you know, when you've had a, a bad time, you're looking at the papers, who's writing what and who's tweeting. And I've seen Jolien Lescott trending. So I'm thinking to myself... And you're with him in the car. And I'm with him in the car. He's trending. But I'm like, all right, I was probably worse than Jolien today. Why is he getting all the flack from the game? I go on to Twitter <laughs> and I say to Jolien, you've just tweeted the car that you're supposed to send to the players group on Twitter after no just way. losing 6 0 <laughs> to Liverpool. So then you've got all the Villa fans saying, oh This is an God. absolute disgrace. <laughs> Look at him, he doesn't care about him. Oh he, he's sending his, his flashy motor and he doesn't care about the club. So I said to Jolian, Jolian, just say someone's hacked your account. Please. Yeah, the usual excuse. Yeah. <laughs> and he's getting calls left, right, and center. His mum's ringing in, his brother's ringing in. <laughs> oh and he's like, Jolie's like to me, no, I'm just going to tell the truth. But I'm saying, how are you going to tell the truth? He said, I'm just going to say, I accidentally sent it from (laughs) my pocket. So I said to Jolien, just think about what you're saying to me and how that's going to play out. And he goes, no, anyway, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We get the club ringing us. (laughs) We get the manager ringing us. Everybody, back then as well, I think, Stan Collymore was on Talk Sport and he used to abuse his left, right and centre. And you know, the legend Paul McGrath, he was lumping in as well. So he got all the Villa fans and whatnot. But the, the whole thing about it, it was a genuine mistake. And I was in the car with him and basically it was an, an accident. He didn't mean to do that at all. You should have been absolutely delighted because he took all the shit away from you for your <laughs> crap performance. But the thing is, though, there's a side of me that was gutted, but there's a side of me that was so happy. <laughs> I was getting so much shit and I well, said to Johnny. I'll tell you what, Micah, i tell you what, for telling that story and actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Jolien will be pleased that, about that story I think he, the least he could do is not send you a picture of a car but actually send you 
he could he could send you a free car uh, for exonerating him completely. Exactly. And to, yeah, but that's that's extraordinary, though. Extraordinary. And, oh, and you were the bloke that was with him. Who 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 would have known? What a what a surprise, eh? Uh, I'm not sure how we follow that. Um, I've got a question from Stephen Cross. Oh, oh, it's directed at me, obviously. Uh, if Everton didn't get banned from Europe, would you have still gone to Barcelona after your one season at the club? It's a really good question, Stephen. Um, it's hypothetical because they'd already banned when I joined Everton, which is unfortunate because I would have played in the, wasn't the Champions League then, of course, it was the European Cup because they'd won this league the previous season. It, it, it was a contributory factor, but the biggest contributory factor was that Everton... Money. Was no, not money on my point. No, um, money for the club. They accepted the fee. They came to me, the club. Everton said we've accepted a fee for Barcelona, and if they do that, yeah. you don't feel no. entirely wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. Um, I still wasn't sure whether to go because I loved playing for Everton. It was a brilliant football club and a fantastic football team, and I'm convinced I would have won one or two league titles. Um, but as it was, and I also think if they hadn't been banned from Europe and English, for those younger listeners um, who perhaps don't know, English football were banned from Europe for a number of years because of what happened in Heysel, where there was a, a, a disaster there. Um, and so all English clubs uh, were banned. Um, so we couldn't play in the European Cup, which I think we'd have, I honestly think we'd have taken some beating. Such a good side, yeah, um, a good that side, Everton team. Um, yeah, it's painful, actually. Um, so, yes, but good question, Stephen. Luke Hitchin, quite an interesting question. As strikers, would you hate to play in an era where wingers are inverted and constantly cutting back inside rather than whipping in crosses early? Alan, oh, God, yes. Do, do my nutting, honestly. You don't mind if they're, if, you, if they're doing something different, but when it's constantly coming in and whipping it in. As long as they go both ways, even though they're a bit yeah, more exactly. inverted. I mean, you look look at Manchester City. I mean, they, they play that way, but they get to the byline more than probably any other team I've ever seen. So you actually get more crosses with a team like, Manchester City but those wingers that you've played with we've talked about them before haven't we they're quite infuriating when they check back and then you, you make your run and then they check back again <laughs> oh, that's so frustrating very frustrating yes. you have to have a quiet polite word wouldn't you <laughs> yes indeed right next question comes from Alex Cooper Hey guys, what is it like when England lose to Wales or Scotland? Whenever New Zealand lose to Australia in anything, it's like someone has died the day after. So I imagine um, Alex is a Kiwi. I actually do remember losing to Wales. I remember the Republic of Ireland was probably the worst one I had was the opening game of the 88 Euros. I think if you lose to kind of any neighbouring countries, it always feels worse, but it always yeah. feels good when you, you Better win, when you win as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so horrible. You'd agree with that. Definitely. Did you have a, how many England caps did you get, Micah? Only 13. Never played against Wales. Never played against Scotland. No? Didn't play in any home nations or even Ireland? No? No. Played with them in the Olympics, but no. Did you play in the Olympics, Micah? I've never known that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should say that, uh, Micah, because Will Poyser asks, with the Olympics coming up, what was Micah's experience of playing at London in 2012 like? Also, if there was a Team GB football team this year, who would you all pick as your starting eleven? Well, there isn't a Team GB in this one, is there? So um, we will save ourselves some thinking time. And instead, Micah, oh, your experiences of um, 
the London Olympics, and especially, I think, the Olympic Village. <laughs> oh. The rest is after hours. I don't think it's for a football podcast. Well, I, no, I think, I think it is. It's a football tournament within the Olympics, and you were part of it. Oh, Tell us about God. the football side, and then tell us about the extracurricular activities. No, so the football side was really good. I got to play with Ryan Giggs. Uh, I think it was me, Ryan Giggs, and Craig Bellamy, who were the over-23s. Stuart Pierce in charge. Stuart Pierce was the gaffer, was always going to take big meeks. He loved me <laughs> and I loved him. What a guy. <laughs> uh, the football side of things, we had a really good team. Daniel Sturridge went. We were supposed to get Gareth Bale, but he didn't end up coming. We had Joe Allen, who played, was excellent um, back then as well. We had Neil Taylor, who was who was Welsh, really in good form back then. He was at Swansea. Did they have to have a certain amount of players? Because obviously Team GB is different to most other countries where it's like it's just France, isn't it? Or just Spain or just USA. Whereas ours, did, did they have to have a certain amount from each, like Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and England? I don't think so. I think you had to pick a couple, but we had Ramsey as well, Aaron Ramsey. We had we had some really good players. How far did you go in the tournament? We Remind got me. I was out to South Korea in the quarterfinals. Went to penalties and we lost. Of course, Sturridge <laughs> missed a penalty. Did he? Yeah, you'd have backed him. Backed him. I went off in the game injured. Shock. You were just scared to take a penalty. Yeah. Oh, I would have definitely <laughs> wouldn't have taken a penalty. Not a chance. <laughs> But the Olympic Village, let me... I was going to say, sod the football, tell us more about the stories. <laughs> yeah, No, there, there were a lot of rumours about that. It was a lot of fun and there was partying and there was with the athletes and all this stuff. Is that is that real? Or? Parties? It's a party of all parties. It's ridiculous. Just think about, you've got all the different athletes, all sorts of different specimen in there. <laughs> you've got the shot put to the javelin, to the swimmers, to the footballers, to the basketball players, to the... I don't know if volleyball was there. I don't know. Beach but, volleyball is an Olympic oh sport. Oh, my word. Absolutely everything was there. We had McDonald's in there. We had Chinese. There's a big, massive cafeteria with whatever you want. Everything is free. Once you've got your pass, you go in there. And it was like a... What I would imagine is to to go to university where you sort of in halls and you share in like a room with, with, with someone. I think I was sharing with, with Daniel Sturridge. And I remember Kobe Bryant was there Ooh. and there was all sorts of people taking pictures with him and whatnot. And we was all sort of standing around, like just exploring the village. And I went up to say, well, obviously legend, is it possible I can have a photo? And he just says, no, not right now. <laughs> I've never felt so silly in oh. all my life. I was absolutely... Did he not know who Big Meeks We didn't that. have a clue who Big Meeks was. And then we was there for about three nights. And we go training, we was training up. I can't even remember where we trained. We went out to train, come back into the village. And then three nights, we was up till like four o'clock in the morning. And it's how it works is... You have like different campuses. So you'll have Team GB in one block and then you'll have Brazil, France, all these countries. And there's a massive big room full of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just like, what? Obviously promoting 
safe, whatever you want to call safe it. Safe sex know. is the word. Uh, I think. Are we allowed to say that on here? Well, yeah, right, yeah, safe yeah, sex. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And honest <laughs> to God, I was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you burnt down all the condoms. <laughs> what? I was on absolute fire. Honest to God. And back then, I was a little slimmer. I was a bit more ripped. I was a little bit more lean. I was walking. It was summertime, was it? Walking round with my Micah, with can my I ask you one off. question? Go on. Would that have been your only gold medal? Hey, there was, a, there was multiple gold medals. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you got beat on penalties, you lot. You were absolutely knackered. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <sighs> one of the best times of my life honestly it was incredible oh. and I know it's all ton and cheap but it yeah. was amazing we're not beating that story no we're not <laughs> I think it's I need brilliant. a little rest after that <laughs> just to recover let's take a break there are two things that are absolutely true grandma loves you and she would never say no to McDonald's so treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Rest is Football question and answer episode with me, Gary Lineker. Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. We've just about recovered from uh, Micah's exploits um, <laughs> at the Olympic Games in 2012. Uh, got a question from uh, Christopher Brown from Sydney. Hope it's not about the Sydney Olympics. You weren't there, were you, as well, Micah? <laughs> um, uh, talk us through a typical day week for a Premier League player. How much training? Do they cook their own meals at home or have nutritionists uh, managing diets, nights off, club sponsors and charity duties, etc.? What is life like in the bubble? Good question. Micah, you can probably remember it best. Okay, so a day in the life of a, a Premier League footballer, I'd say. I, you normally get up about eight o'clock. I was living in Manchester at the time, a place called Hale, and it was only 15 minutes from the trading ground, so driving. You do what you call pre-activation. So pre-activation is basically getting your muscles warm to go out and train. So that could be stretching, it could be some sort of physio, massage, or some drills to get your legs going before you go out. And we tend to only train for maximum one hour, 15. Come back in, get your massage, go through some tactics. So say if we're playing Man United at the, at the weekend, 
and I knew I was up against Ronaldo, I would basically- Shit yourself. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Look, look at what he wants to do from the left, because he could play right and left and side, see how many times he would fake in terms of before he put in a cross or would he dribble? What would say someone like Patrice Evra be doing on the overlap? who I would be playing with on that side to sort of negate that and who would push forward when we would drop off, when we would try and attack there. Because the good thing about playing against someone like Ronaldo, you know he's going to do all the great things going forward, but he would leave gaps defensively. So if if we could try counter uh, that in any way and then go home and just literally sit at home and do absolutely nothing. I didn't cook. You would eat at the training ground though for lunch, wouldn't you? Yeah, sometimes I would eat at training, but sometimes I would just go home and order Nando's, go straight to Nando's, get some chicken, have a little bit of sleep and then go, go to the cinemas. That's what I would do. What about you guys? It's changed a lot, I think, since we'd basically turn up, you go out, run around a bit, play a five aside, do a bit <laughs> of shooting, have a shower, go home. <laughs> that's it yeah we always used to eat after training and uh, had lunch after training us we all had to eat together and we couldn't leave until the manager had finished and when Sir Bobby <laughs> Sir Bobby was always he was always late in he took forever eating his dinner and we were all sat we, in the end banging our knives and forks like <laughs> waiting for him to say we could uh, we could we could all go so we always had lunch after training he used to have some extraordinarily long Team yeah. meetings, didn't yeah. he? Used to, we used to call him Mogadon sometimes because he'd go on a bit. I mean, yeah. we all love Bobby. Absolutely. And I, I, I may have said this before um, in the past, but we were in the World Cup in 86 in, in, in Mexico. You know, his team meetings were, let's say, very long, generally. And we, we were about to play Poland in the third game. We had to win to have any chance of going through. And he had the clipboard. He always had his clipboard up. And we thought, right, me team meeting in the afternoon before we travel to the game. So just doesn't bother with the clipboard. He just stands up. He said, boys, he said, I can go on. He said, I can give you all the permutations of possible results and this and that and the other. If they beat them, if they beat them, but we don't need that today because I trust you. You're going to do it. Just get out there. All we need to do is win this game and I know we'll win this game. And he, and he went, and that's it. And we thought, wow. And we're goosebumps up and we're all ready. And we're just about to jump out the chair. And he went, but if anyone's interested, here are those permutations. He turned the sheet over <laughs> and he spent the next 45 minutes going through every possible result. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, things have, have changed a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because talking about cooking there, because Ray asks, it sounds like Gary hosts and cooks often for Alan and Micah. Uh, what culinary delight would they both prepare for me? Beans on toast. Oh, great. Chicken and rice. I like chicken and rice, beans, beans. Actually, I, I like both of those things. That's not too bad. I'm not a great cook. It, it sounds like it sounds like that, Alan. <laughs> oh, I mean, you open a tin of beans. I wish I could. I mean, you're, you're, you're bloody brilliant at it, aren't you? You're a fine host, you are, you, with your wine and your food, and it's bloody lovely. I would, oh, actually, I would, uh, I would love to, uh, to be as good as what you are at it. Did I tell you the story about Stephen Island when he invited us round to cook for a couple of the lads? I don't think you have, Micah. So basically, <laughs> before I used to live in Hale, I used to live in a place called Grappenhall Hayes, which is Warrington side. So 
Um, I moved there when I moved from Diggs. It was my first house, absolutely loved it. Stephen Island was there first, so it was like a complex and we lived sort of, I don't know, 50 yards away from each other. And he invited a couple of lads over for dinner. So I'm thinking to myself, Stephen Island can't cook. There's no chance he can cook. So he said, no worry, I've prepared it all. I've gone, we're gonna have chicken. We're gonna have chips. I'm gonna do a little bit of rice, some coleslaw. We'll do some corn and the cobs as well. And I'm thinking, fair play, he's making an effort for the lads. That sounds like Nando's that you said before. <laughs> this is, so in, in my head, in my head, something is, because so where we used to live in Grappin' All A's, Nando's was 10 minutes away in Stockton Heath. So I'm, I'm, I'm going in there and I, the things that he's listing, he's sort of just thinking, well, he's not just gonna go get us a Nando's, is he? So anyway, we go down and he sets the table, it's all fancy, beautiful preparation. It was prepped like yours, brilliantly. They sit down, he brings out a full chicken, loads of chips, <laughs> rice, and corn on the cob. So I'm just, oh, Steve, did you cook this? And he goes, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I've done it, I've been doing it for a while now, I've done it for a family. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm a chicken connoisseur. <laughs> I am a connoisseur when it comes to chicken. You could give me any chicken, I could tell you exactly where it's from. What, the actual chicken? <laughs> the chicken. So any of the shops, if you go to KFC, I oh, know what right. it is. If you go to Nando's, I know what it is. Yeah. Wh wh whatever chicken, if even like places like Kansas or Chicken Cottage, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so I've took my first bite and I'm thinking, this is Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 and I don't want to disrespect him, but I looked, I looked to my right. And I think it was one of the players is sort of like smiling at me. And I'm thinking, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> but we don't want to be disrespectful to him. So anyway, we do that. We, we, we finish up the food, we eat it. It was lovely. Did he, did he have the spices, the medium spice or the... <laughs> he had all the fucking spices as well. <laughs> He'd take them out of the packets. He's taking them out of the packets. The cheek of it as well. He took the chicken out of the oven like he just prepared it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, oh, I, I, did, I didn't have uh, the courage to ask him about it till about five years later. And I said, Stevie, come on, let's be honest now. D did you cook that? He said, did I fuck it was from that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. You seem like a good lad, Stephen Arlen. Yeah, he was yeah. a good lad. He really yeah. was. He was. Yeah. Really good. Good player as well. Last question. And it's for Alan. This is a really interesting question because um, it's something I've always wondered as well. Love the show, guys. Uh, thank you, Michael Hamlin. Question for Alan. During France 98, the England squad tried to get as many song titles in when speaking to the press. Mm. Whose idea was it? Which <laughs> player in the squad won the competition and what was your favourite song title that someone managed to get in now I remember the interview with you because <laughs> yeah. I was working for TV BBC at the time yeah. and we'd kind of cottoned on to this and you were involved weren't you? Yeah. Who, whose idea was it it was my idea yeah it was just was to try, you know, just, just because you're away for that long aren't you it's like yeah. um, 
<laughs> we, we just thought, come on, we'll see how see how long we can get away with it for. So, what, <laughs> as as you know, when you're in the hotel um, yeah. in tournaments, you've got a media room where you do all the interviews. But next to the media room was the, actually the players' room. So when you're in there and you're doing an interview, and obviously all the players and coaches knew that whenever anyone did an interview, you had to get a song title in. And of course, you didn't tell anyone. You just you just sort of kept it to yourself. And of course, once you got the song title in, and, and people re- you could hear the big cheer going up next door in the, uh, in the players' room. So after a good result, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to get these mm. song titles? And if you got one in, then you get it. If you got another one in, then you get mm. another big cheer and what have you. So it was a competition, not only to get one in, just to see how many. You got a load in in one, didn't you? You got a load in We in had one, a good result. And they the, the sort of said to us, uh, what did you do last night? And I said, well, it's a really important game. I mean, it's not as if we were out all night long, like dancing on the ceiling. And I could hear the roar <laughs> going up. Like, next, next door. It was like, oh, God, it was such a laugh, yeah. The, the things you funny. do to amuse yourselves I know, on those, yeah, those yeah. It was trips. a big cheer, you know, from the rest of yeah. the players. You know, when you got the song in, you could hear the cheers next door in the, in the yeah. meeting room. Yeah, How many did you get in, in the most? Oh. I think I, I think I just did two. I did that one, uh, Dancing on the Ceiling, all night long, I think. And uh, I'm not sure I got more than two in at a time. It's like that thing when friends ask you to get words in on, on Match yeah. of the Day. And yeah. You've got mates that do that. I've had all sorts of strange things. I kind of <laughs> always fall for it. And I got absolutely <laughs> pilloried on, on social media once because... I, I can't remember it. My friend asked me to say, you got to get cappuccino in, right? So I thought, well, oh, Christ. So how do I get that in? So there's a part I'm doing, I'm writing the script and it's got to the bit where I do the trails for, for other programs. And it was, you know, that that thing where it's, oh, tomorrow afternoon you can see like Arsenal play on Manchester United. You can hear it on Radio 5 live and, you know, and I, and I said something and, and, and then before the football later on, you get a cup of tea or a cappuccino. And then I got hammered on to it. They said, oh, he calls it cappuccino. He's posh now, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's posh. Why, why, why is it not just a fucking coffee? Who's he think he is? Who's he think he is? Honestly, I got loads of abuse. I thought, I only did it for my mates. <laughs> Micah, I remember, I don't know, a couple of months ago when um, we were doing Match of the Day and Bradley Walsh is, uh, is texting me saying, you've got to get Micah when Brentford come on to say that their midfield was a hive of activity. (laughs) (laughs) The bees. So yeah, so Mike has, and he he sent me a video of himself, absolutely pissed himself laughing when Mike has said it in the (laughs) hive of activity, yeah. And then he says, can you say a hive of activity? And then uh, ask him if you say, they stung Burnley. It's like, oh, you know what I mean? (laughs) Mike has getting it in. (laughs) Bradley Walsh's puns are worse than mine. He's, 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 he's a proper presenter and a comedian. He's brilliant, actually, Bradley. We love Bradley. Well, that's it for our uh, question-answer episode. Thanks once again for sending all your uh, questions in. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.